This is Content Academy. Yes, and on today's show, we look at the 13 things I do before I publish every blog post. I'll look at your spacing, your images, your social promotion, your disclaimer, and indeed your hook that needs to be stickier than the biggest pot of glue you can find. So hang around for today's show and let's get into it. Creating great content, finding an audience, building engagement, monetizing your blog. This is Content Academy. Hey guys, and welcome along to episode 69 of the Content Academy podcast. Today, I am joined by Philip McGrath. Not too much of a surprise there. Phil, how's it going? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad indeed, Paul. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice sunny evening in Dublin as we record this podcast. I'm looking forward to going and doing more running because that's all I do. This is day 14 of my training and uh, it's going well so far. Yeah, I've seen the vlog updates all right. You look like you're getting through it anyway. Yeah, 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 that's it. It's, it's no, now no longer a question of will I finish. It's a case of kind of, you know, what time will I finish it in? Although I'm very slow at running, so I do need to get better. So uh yeah, let's see how that goes. Anyone got any tips, feel free to tweet me. But uh, Phil, what are we talking about today? What's happening? Why should bloggers listen to this show? Well, today I am going to go through um, an article I published recently on the blog, and I've decided to put it, turn it into a podcast episode because I do think there's plenty of actionable in there. And uh, if you don't have time to read the article, well, then hopefully this podcast is going to help you out. And it is the 13 things I do before I publish a blog post now. Before we go anywhere, Paul, I have to apologize because that title is a tongue twister. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was a lie. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, there are definitely 13 things, but uh, it's just a, the amount of times I have made mistakes trying to say that. It's not even funny. Well, your dodgy Irish accent, isn't it? There you go. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, so it is a little bit. <laughs> okay i 13 things that, that's a lot um although i thought you might have done more but then other people might think well geez i, I do like two things i write is number one and i hit publish is number two so um what do you do should we do this in chronological order well, I, is well, I tell that you, the I, best possibly so. well i'll tell you what i'll do um i'm gonna call out all 13 because if you're listening to this and you're wondering well what the the 13 yeah. things what's, do, what's the grand reveal gonna yeah, be do, do i really need to listen to all of this well i tell you what i'm gonna give you all 13 uh headlines and then you can decide if you want to hang around or if you want to maybe fast forward a few minutes and pick out a couple i'm okay with that and before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's show folks don't forget that you can still sign up for the 30 minute blogger mini course it's a free six-part email delivered course that'll teach you how to create better content drive more traffic and overall increase the value you bring to your readers so if that sounds like something you're interested head on over to content.academy you'll see a sign up there on the homepage, and come and join us finding your voice building your tribe increasing engagement this is Content Academy. What are what are the 13 things? Right, so number one is spacing. Number two is looking for the start, middle, and end. Number three is your images. Four is your promotional material. Five is a click to tweet. Six is other content. Seven is linking out. Eight is optimization. Nine is a call to action. Ten is your disclaimer. Eleven is your opening hook. Twelve are your tags and categories. Thirteen is a once over, and there they are. Simple as that. Really oh, that sounds that sounds like too much work. How long does that take? 
you know, surprise end to end. Well, I tell you what, it generally honestly takes me about an hour. And that's no okay. word of a lie. It is about an hour for me. Um, but I'm very particular and I think you should be too. I think, and that's not aimed at you, Paul, that's aimed at you guys listening at home. I think you should be particular. I think this is something that you need to schedule and needs to be part of your routine, not just an afterthought. And having a process like this, funnily enough, allows you to get through it a lot quicker, but also make sure that you've hit all the main points that you want to hit with your content. And of course that the quality is up there. I mean, we can all fly through and, you know, throw out 500 words and hit publish, but you know, is it going to be strewn with errors? Is it going to hit the nail on the head? Are people even going to pay attention? I mean, you've got about 15 seconds when someone clicks on your blog post to convince them to read on. So, you know, are you making the most of that 15 seconds or are they just clicking on it and then go, no, I'm out. Good luck. Thanks very much. So that's why this process is there. It's to give our blog post the best chance of success and get people through it. How to build and monetize your blog. This is Content Academy. Let's take it in the order that you mentioned there. And now, interestingly, you said the first thing you do is spacing. So, yeah, no, let me. You yeah. already have a blog post. Sorry, written? yes. And this is where I'm going to, I probably should have explained a little bit clearer. So, this is 13 things I do before I publish. So, you know, when you write a blog post and it's sitting there and you're ready to publish and you're, yes. you, you, you want to push that button, this is when I do all of that. Okay, so this is when the text is complete and yeah. have you proofread it? Yes, it's edited, edited, edit, editing it's... and proofreading is done. This is not that. This is okay. These are tweaks we're going to make to our content once we're happy with it. So this is literally, if you are a person who would normally edit, proofread and publish, these are the things I do extra on top of that to make sure the content is as good as it can be. So it's kind of, okay. it's just and... going that extra mile. It works very well. Your your content, you know, ranks very high in Google. You get a, a lot of click throughs. You get a lot of click throughs from social media. So, okay, I'm gonna sit back in my chair and you know and, and listen for a few minutes. So spacing. Um, why why is this important? Why does it matter to a blogger about spacing? Well, it could be me. Now you know me very well, Paul. I am a little bit anal about these things, but I do like everything to be uniform and look right. And one of the first things I'll do once I'm happy with my editing and my proofreading and my blog post in general is I will go through and make sure that the spacing is correct. Now, as you know, Paul, we have a style guide in play that lays out exactly how every blog post should look before it's published. So I'll go through and make sure that we've adhered to our style guide and make sure that it looks clean and um, breaking down the text, making sure I've got this double spacing as we like to have in between our subheaders or headers and uh, just making sure there's a bit of white space in there because after all people do need that white space to rest their eyes so it kind of aesthetically is just making sure that when someone clicks on my blog post that it doesn't look like a thousand words in one chunk and you kind of look at it and think oh I'm not reading that. There's no way I'm going to affect this. I'm out of here. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the first thing is do is I would space it out. And once I've got my spacing done, it leads nicely into the second part. And these two kind of go hand in hand. Um, and it's looking for the start, middle and end. Now, as I've said before, the start is very obviously the start and the, the end is clearly the end and the bit in the middle is the middle. But labeling those clearly i mean 50 to 60 percent of visitors will only scan your blog post so you need to make sure that you format your content in such a way that it suits them if you don't you're losing out on 50 to 60 percent of the people who have managed to as i said earlier get through the first 15 seconds so 50 yeah. you're going to lose 50 percent after the first 15 seconds then you're going to lose another 50 to 60 percent if you don't have it formatted correctly so then you're down to like two or three people <laughs> so we're trying to we're, we're trying to hang on to as many Hello? as many 
as we can. Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, so okay. So what I like okay, to do is there is all right. right go we, on. we know what the start is. The start is I suppose it's your first line. I'm assuming that's it. It's the first line of your article. That's your start. Yeah, kind of your first paragraph. You want yeah. to just make that stand out a little bit. Okay. And okay. So how would we make the end stand out? Well, this is something um, we've spoken about, I think, uh, before on the podcast, Paul. And it's, it's all about your conclusion. I am a big fan of actually putting those words in, in conclusion. I will put them in a subheader. So generally, for our subheaders, we'll use H3 as a heading font uh, size. So I, in H3, I will make sure I will have something that will say in conclusion or to surmise or something to signify that this is the end. Because quite a lot of people will actually scan your blog post and when they, they will actually just scan straight down to the bottom and read the summary and then decide if they want to go back and read the meat of the article. So again, yeah. having a clear place for them to go is a great way of getting them to go back on your content. So having your summary in there, I have it clearly marked as a summary. And then, of course, the middle part, we want to make sure we have that broken down. Uh, here's here's the question. Middle, just all the rest of it? Everything else the middle? Don't no. really need to do anything? No, well, you've got your start. Obviously, you're going to have your first couple of paragraphs. Then you're going to have what we, we like to use in our style guide is a H2, which would be a slightly bigger heading to signify this is the meat of the article. Then within those, we're going to have subheadings, which will be H3. Um, to break it down and again you're talking maybe two or three lines in a paragraph maybe four or five it's a bit if it's a bit wordy some of them will only be one sentence long so you're really trying to break it down if you've got a point that you really want to get across you may want to put that out on its own so making sure you've got the right subheads in place and also any impact pieces that you want to really get across well then you're going to try and put them out on their own so they stand out Oh, there you go. You vehemently agree with that point, don't you? Um, <laughs> okay, that, that, all, that all makes sense. So what we're saying is have your start, your end has in conclusion. You're kind of using the H2 tag to kind of say, okay, this is like, you know, the middle or the start of the middle. And then the subheadings are H3 because people want to skim first. And I, look, we're trying to do that in university as well. You know, you're in college, you're kind of told, okay, go read the conclusion of that research paper. If it makes sense, jump in and start reading through it. Don't waste your time reading all these papers that you might not actually get any value from. So that's good. I like it. It's simple. Makes sense. It probably wouldn't take too much time. If I, if I start doing that a few times, my blogs will just become, um, you know, I suppose, templated in some respects. The third thing you mentioned was pictures. Are we talking about creating images for your blog? Or are we talking about something else here? I mean, what were you talking about when you said pictures? Yeah, so I mean, what I was talking about here is, as I said at the start, Paul, this is generally once I'm ready to publish, I will go through these 13 things. And one of the things I'll have ready with my blog post is the featured image. So what I'd like to do at this point is go back and revisit that image and see, is it right for the blog post? Is it eye-catching? Would the blog post perhaps benefit from a different featured image or do I need to add an image or two into the blog post? So I've gone through and made sure my spacing is correct. My subheadings are in there. Um, and now I'm looking at it going, does it need an image or two? I mean, generally most blog posts will benefit from an image or two having it in there. I think having just all text can be a little bit off-putting. But having an image or two in there to break it up, something to focus the eye, works really well. 
for most average length blog posts you're gonna have one two maybe even three images in there for some pieces of content i mean for an epic piece of content like our irish blogger survey and um, we'll go ahead and we'll create an infographic and add that in um so generally i will look at the images not just a featured image but what's within the blog post make sure they're right or even see do i need to add another one in maybe now that i've got my spacing and everything correct okay so have you ever scrapped any images yes loads of times um really okay yes i have and that's generally because sometimes what i'll find um is that when i'm doing out my spacing and going back over the blog post i'll decide i need to break up a piece of text and i'll look at it and say you know what that could go out on its own with its own subhead and then i'm thinking right what am i going to write down for the subhead and i'll get a little bolt of lightning an idea for that makes a good subhead to put in there and actually that lends itself very well to the article overall and i may want to put that subheading in the image as a piece of text overlay um so yes i have scrapped quite a few of them uh, in retrospect when it's gone when, when i've gone back and looked at it this is content academy and the next step you speak about is promotional material so do you take the two of those uh together or is that a, a totally separate step here no well they go the reason they're they're kind of three and four on my list is they are pretty much hand in hand i mean we use snapper to create all of our images for our blog posts um the reason i really like snapper is that once i have my featured image i can simply click resize and then select the platform be it facebook instagram twitter google plus if you really want to um anything and i resize my featured image and then i'll make sure that if i want to create another image or two so say like the podcast this for instance if we were to pull out a quote i can make that into an image um and again for any of you who've seen our, our quotes from the podcast you'll understand what i'm talking about um but there's a link in the article you'll see some of the quotes that we've created so i literally will go through then and pull out some quotes from that and create them if i need to or i will create if i've got some stats within the blog post perhaps i might turn one of those stats into an image so i could have something like 15 percent of people um or 50 percent of people will leave after 15 seconds that could i could turn that into an image for the blog post or just for promotional material so perhaps it won't go into the blog post but it will actually go into twitter or facebook as part of our promotion strategy for that article very good so they're kind of you've kind of left your promotional strategy um until after you've well, until this point in, in the process of blogging. so Yeah, well, and the reason um, for that is is that, again, I'm still tweaking the article and you do get a bit of inspiration every now and then, especially if you've left it for a little while, you come back to it, you move stuff around, you add in a couple of headings, you change an image, and you do find that you'll get little pieces that will come to you. And the reason I, I like to do all of that here is that I'm finished writing at this stage so I've got a good idea as to what's going into the what's in the article and what I'm going to promote and what I think will resonate with my audience but also I want to get them done before I publish because I don't want to be chasing my tail because you and I both know Paul for a lot of people once you hit publish that's it they think oh I've published it I've put it mm -hmm. on Facebook once I've hit hit it out on on, uh, on Instagram once and I've sent out one tweet uh, there's my social promotion done for that article um, which isn't the case you need to be doing a hell of a lot more than that if you're going to get any kind of reach to your content so i like to have everything ready to go before it goes live that way i'm not chasing my tail and like once i have it all scheduled and ready to run you can nearly move on to the next article cool so moving on 
Click to tweet. For anybody who doesn't know what this is, please explain. Well, it's a handy WordPress plugin that you install on your site that literally you highlight a piece of text that you want and hit the click to tweet button. And what it does is it turns that piece of text into a clickable, um, a clickable tweet. So when someone clicks on the tweet, they actually send that quote out as a tweet, which links to your Twitter account and also a link back to the article. Um, this is something um, that we only have started doing as mandatory uh, for our content in the last six months if even um we uh, kind of yeah, had them we talked about it in q1 and q2 we've made it mandatory so. yeah we kind of used to have them here or there um but we've kind of it's now mandatory it's now part of our style got that every article will have a click to tweet um it's really really simple to do folks it's free it's a free plugin i do suggest you install it you don't have to use it for every article but again if you've got an interesting statistic or a quote that you'd like to pull from your content and have your audience tweet about it's a great way of doing it and of course it's only i think there's two step process for sending out the tweet so people are far more likely to share it the less they actually have to do cool makes sense really easy to use and probably one thing i just call out is make sure that uh, you check that it works because sometimes your quote might be longer than 140 characters on twitter when they add in the, the couple of handles there for the software and for your your site so that's a potential banana peel there because all of a sudden it won't actually be tweetable half of it will disappear so users just click away if that is the case the next i'm going to say six and seven um are very much related i've pulled your article up so i now have it in front of me i didn't have it at the start so uh six and seven uh phil explain to us what this is about yeah so number six i've labeled it here further down the rabbit hole and really what we're trying to do is we're trying to push our readers further into our archives we're trying to highlight pieces of content that we think are going to be interesting to the audience but also relevant to what they're reading um, and we generally will try and link out to our archived piece twice within an article if we can sometimes it's not always possible we may not have a back catalog that lends itself to the specific topic um, but where possible we will try and link out twice um, for related articles so if we're talking about Instagram we may have <coughs> <coughs> Ooh, getting emotional promised myself i wouldn't cry and um, we we may have a uh, another couple of articles on instagram about our bio or the use of hashtags or video and we can link to them within our blog post and then number seven is actually about linking out so external links um we look at the blog post and see if there's an opportunity to link out so again if i've quoted some statistics it's good practice to quote where you've got those from. So that yeah. will be one of your links straight out. will be linking back to the source of those statistics. And perhaps if you've read an article that's helped form your opinion on the blog post you're writing. So maybe you read something online that sparked the idea for this blog post that you're now writing. Well, then I would also link back to that and state, you know, I read this article last week, which got me thinking about it and link to it there. Maybe it's a case that there's further reading that you think another blogger has done such a good job explaining a topic that you've got one faction of it and you think, you know what, rather than me trying to recreate what they've done, I'm just going to reference it and link back to that for further reading to my audience. Now, the beauty of this is that hopefully the original author will see those links and may reciprocate somewhere down the line, but certainly it's making people aware of your existence within that niche and that you're also someone worth checking out. They may find some of your content interesting and start sharing it. You don't know how that's going to 
run but i do suggest doing it but certainly doing it without the uh, the expectation of reciprocation will be the best way to start but we've generally found that you know you tend to build a relationship with some bloggers and um, if you're referencing stuff and sharing stuff and they start sharing yours and you don't agree anything but it just kind of happens naturally and it's fantastic there you go all about reciprocation and yeah i'd echo that linking out to people who have formed your opinion or to blogs which you are are statistics you're citing yeah i mean it's best practice and i wouldn't be too precious about the fact that people are leaving the site because typically if if that is the case they'll open it in a new tab and they'll have a look at it and if there's still value there they'll flick back to your site so well that's you know, the, just the other thing as well i always make sure that any external links do open in a separate tab and you can do it on wordpress it's a simple checkbox exercise to make sure that they do open in a separate tab that way they're still on your site but also getting to see where you're linking to Cool. So then um, step eight about optimization. Now, have you optimized at this point or is this the point where you are checking optimization? What, what is this? So I will I generally have already optimized, um, but I will go over it again. And when I say go over it again, I'll be brutally honest. Uh, we use Yoast, the Yoast plugin for SEO. I will go back to that and make sure it is correct. Um, making yeah. sure that i've optimized it properly for the right key term again maybe while i've been doing some of these tweaks and changes i've seen something else pop up and thought you know what i may be better optimizing for that word maybe one of my new subheadings has thrown out my seo optimization maybe one of the new images i've put in isn't optimized properly for seo i might have to go back and optimize something that i've added to the blog post since I started this process so i will always revisit that and make sure that it's right including my featured snippet because if you're relying on your introduction as part of your featured snippet you may have tweaked that yet although that is further down my list there's just so many things that can change that i always like to go back because we don't want to take a chance with seo this is the one thing we want to make sure we have dead right before we publish finding your voice building your tribe increasing engagement this is content academy as regards your call to action, um, go on, talk to me about this. Is this just checking that you've included a call to action or mind yourself to do it, or is it something a little bit more? It's, it's a bit of both. So generally, I will have one in there at this point, or if I don't, this will remind me to do so, but also to make sure that it's the right call to action. Now, this step is more specific to us because we have set call to actions for differing times within the year so for q2 we have a set call to action that we've agreed upon that every blog post will have that same call to action so i need to make sure that i put the right cta in there and that it's working so again yes. making sure my cta is in there and that everything works and for anyone who's not sure a call to action is just simply a clear prompt to your readers to take action that could be simply like your facebook page follow you on twitter join your email list or maybe it's just a a prompt for them to take action on what you've done so now that i've taught you how to do this i want you to go and do it or maybe it's just answer a question you asked it's having something in there for them to do rather than leave them wander around in the dark um, but for for us when i when i speak about call to action it's making sure we've got the right call to action in there and that it works Cool. Makes sense. So disclaimer, step 10, only four left people. If you're still with us, fair play. I'll, I'll try and get them going as fast. Yeah, as I no. Can. And these are the next, the next couple are really quick. The disclaimer isn't something we need to do every time, but I make it part of my list because the times I do need to have it in there, you know, I need to 
go along what, my list. What are you disclaiming? So basically, if we have written an article that may have affiliate links in, if we're being paid to promote a product, a service, or a place, well, then I want to have a disclaimer. Some people will have a little disclaimer at the bottom of their site, which covers the whole site, and that's fine. We generally will put a disclaimer in each individual article so we're very very clear if we're getting some sort of remuneration or we're being paid to speak about a product or service i will make sure that if the blog post blog post warrants it it has a disclaimer in there cool makes sense pretty simple um transparency is key from the top a one a two a one two three do you like verbatim. that verbatim do you like that it's great it's a brilliant bit, a little bit of music Illiter little bit of alliteration yeah, go on music. so this is again i just go back and revisit the opening to my blog post as i've said earlier on you've got 15 seconds to make an impact and get people to read your blog post so we need to make sure that our hook our opening our opening sentence our opening paragraph is going to grab the reader's attention and drag them in so they can't click away so i like to revisit that give it another once over see does it still fit is it still right don't forget i have made tweaks to my article now i've got maybe different subheads different images Images, does that still work am i still happy with it um, and this is something more often than not gets changed more than anything um, i will have changed that three or four times at this stage and even now when i go back to it it could still change again yep that makes sense i mean yeah gets get someone uh, you know to actually hang around so it makes sense to really focus on that and step number 12 what uh, what is number 12 so number 12 is to make sure i have categorized and tagged my blog post correctly uh, this is something you've spoken about paul on the blog about categorizing and tagging your content and the impact that has had there and i'm not going to go into that um there's a link in the article to the article you've written um and i think you're probably better at explaining why people need to categorize and tag it but it's just part of my checklist so i make sure i have it done correctly yeah and it's something that we've only started doing correctly i suppose in content academy is something that we we used to do quite well on our previous football site actually believe it or not um and really look very simply put it is easy for search engines to understand how to crawl your website if it's categorized and tagged and it is easy for people to look at similar content if it is correctly categorized or tagged so Basically, you're getting a little bit of SEO juice from, uh, I suppose, two of the most important entities, your audience and the engine they use to find you. So that is essentially that. We'll have a link in the um, show notes, which actually gets down into categorizing and tagging and how you should go about creating your categories and tags and how you should use them. This probably isn't the format for that, but at the very least, you should have even a few simple categories just to make it a little bit easier for you to focus as a blogger to know that you write about topics one, two, and three. So one more for luck. What is lucky number 13? Yeah, lucky number 13 is just to go back over it and proofread it uh, once more. Again, we've made tweaks, we've made changes. We want to make sure that everything is still as it should be, that we've caught all the mistakes and that we are happy to publish. So generally at this point, once I've got to 13 and I'm happy to publish, I read it once more. Cool. And that's it. That, that's simply once you are once you're happy, once you're ready, once you think, yes, I'm gonna publish, do yourself a favor, read it once more. Yeah, absolutely. Nine times uh, out of ten, you you'll be fine, but that one makes it makes it worthwhile. Cool. Sounds all good. Um look in here oh, if you've got a comment from ama faso ado who says i've been working on establishing a pre-published routine the last little while i've been implementing the tips i learned from sinead social and it's been fabulous but more tips 
for never hurt anyone. Thanks very much, Phil. Oh. So there you go. Uh, a message of thanks on your, your article, which is published on the site there. So that's always nice to see too. Always nice um, to get a, get a message like that. Thank you very yeah, much. Get a thank you. Um, okay, well, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, it's there's comprehensive. A, there's a lot it's, in there. I know yeah. it sounds a bit daunting and you're thinking, you're probably thinking, oh, that, there's no way I'm doing that. I barely have enough time to write the blog post. Trust me take the time if it means delaying publishing an extra hour or two or pushing it back a day it is so worth doing it because it just brings the quality of your blog post up to another level it looks good it's got the right spacing the right images it's optimized it's scannable there's no mistakes in it you've tagged it and categorized it correctly for your search engines and you have got a right call to action in there so that when you do get traffic to it, you are maximizing your chances of getting them to take action on your content. I can't overstate enough how important this is. Okay, understood. That's my plea. <laughs> that is it, yeah. That is a genuine, heartfelt call to action. Have a little checklist for when you have your blog ready to publish because uh, yeah, and it's going to make the difference. And I'm not saying you have to go through all 13 of those. If there's some, if you want to pull three or four out of them, be my guess. Maybe you start with three or four. So maybe you just start with having to make sure that you have your uh, spacing correct and that you have your call to action in there and that you've revisited perhaps your opening paragraph to grab them in. Maybe they're the three you want to start with, and then you can build it out from there. But have something in place, have a routine, something that you can do every time. It is going to help you. You will get quicker at it as well. But again, it's all about the quality of the content at the end of the day. We're trying to make that as good as possible. You've spent so long writing it, just give it an extra polish. There you go. And I think that is... uh really time enough to, to wrap it up there. Give it an extra polish and the net result is going to be more traffic. So that's probably the, the key call out as well, which we've yeah. possibly decided, you know what, that, that's probably obvious, but all of these little things are going to give you a little boost in SEO. They're going to make you a little bit more eye-catching. They're going to make it a little bit more memorable. They're going to trigger people to possibly read. You know, they're going to get more people taking action. Uh, so all in all, it's, it's a list of subtleties, but it's the I suppose the combination of these subtleties that will get results. So uh, give your blog post a polish today. Yeah, that's it. Listen, Paul, thank you very much. I appreciate the time going through that. Thank you, folks, for listening in. Uh, we'll have all the links to everything we've mentioned in today's show notes, and you can get them over on content.academy forward slash episode 69. It's episode 69 for all of today's show notes. And until next week, Paul, I will bid you adieu. See you later, buddy. You have been listening to the Content Academy podcast. If you would like to comment on any of today's show or subscribe to the series, find us at content.academy forward slash podcast.